Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. Are just underway in week number nine. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk live from Studio 34. Talking about a Big 12 battle, Texas on the road in a must-win situation against Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy in Stillwater. The Cowboys picked up this victory last year, 13-10 in Austin. A lot of pressure on Texas, Rich, but I think they bounce back in a big way and do get a 14-17 to point win over the Cowboys later tonight. You know what I expect in this game, Joe? I expect to see a heavy dose of the running backs. Uh, Sam Ellinger, when you when you talk about RPO, uh, mobile quarterbacks, he's, he's different. You know, he's not a Justin Fields. He's not a Derek King. He is a bruising, punishing type of a runner. Now that he's got a shoulder injury, I don't know if you could use him in that fashion. So watch Keontae Ingram. Watch Trey Watson. I think they pound away at Oklahoma State, which has looked miserable defensively. I love your point about Mike Gundy. Something, and and I'm a big Gundy fan. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Something seems off. He does not seem to be as disturbed. It's almost like Jimbo last year. It's kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we suck this year, but I'm I'm managing somehow. <laughs> right, exactly. Gundy is surprising to me. It does make he's me quiet. wonder. He's I don't, quiet. I don't want to float rumors. I don't right. have any you know source for this, but it does make me wonder. Something is very curious about that situation. He's at usually Oklahoma State. very defensive. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I don't see right now, especially with Jalen McCleskey, former uh, son of well, not former son, JJ McCleskey. He's still the, the son. Yeah. Still the son, but uh, <laughs> former player in the NFL, Marshall. Usually he'll stand up, he pound his chest, he he you know he 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 takes the the blame for when things are going on, and he he'll defend his guys, players and coaches. And and I agree with you guys. It, it, it he just doesn't look the same when you watch him in interviews. And um, I I always say when coach when that happened with coaches, something's going on in their personal life. It might not even be on the field. Right. Something's going on at home because usually you can handle the things that happen. Um, in and around the locker room or in the, in, in the meeting rooms. Uh, I'm going to say that something is going on in his personal life and he's trying to get that fixed and, and the focus and attention to detail. But still, um, I, I, I like them in this game. I, I feel like this is that game. They've, they've won three in a row. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you got Eller with, 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 with the shoulder. Right. And th- this guy, um, he, he's, he's, he, he, plays, he plays quarterback um, – so different. Yeah. It's so. It's just. I mean, he's such a bruiser. Um, he remind me of um, of uh, Taysen. That's with the Saints right now. When he played at right. BYU, it's the same kind of player. Real physical quarterback. Doesn't shy away from contact. And um, big game, big game. But I. But I feel like. Uh, I feel like Oklahoma State in this game. Not only will they win, I think they're going to cover. Wow. It's it's going to be a very. It wouldn't shock me. No, Let's face it. You're, Texas go, you're going on the road to Oklahoma State. They're a wounded team. I like Texas. It wouldn't shock me. The one thing I'll say about the Longhorns, love what Tom is doing. This is not an elite program yet. No. When you look at both sides of the ball, where are the elite players? Love Caden Stearns in the defensive backfield. Bright future as a true freshman. Really like the big wide receivers, Colin Johnson and L.J. Humphrey. But like, does anybody, Charles Amenahu on the on the defensive line, who scares you on that team? So this is a team that, you know, if Oklahoma State still has some fire in the belly and that offense starts going and Justice Hill gets outside the tackles, it wouldn't shock me if they win in Stillwater. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they, they grind out victories. They ground, grinded out a victory against Baylor, found a way to win, and that's the one thing that I think will keep them in this ballgame. Marshall, when you look at a defense overall, I mean, the one thing for Texas – they're holding opposing offenses within the Big 12 to right in the area of about 120 rushing yards per game for a Big 12 type of defense. Uh, that's a, a great statistic because it shows the ability to run sideline to sideline. 
And that's why they're sitting at 6-1 and one overall. How does that factor into this matchup against a high-powered Oklahoma State offense? And, and that's what you need. You, you need to be able to give your team the opportunity to have more possessions and, 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 and get three and outs. And, and, and what, they've, what I love about what they've done defensively is uh, the bend-but-don't-break mentality. They make you kick field goals when you get in the red zone. Um, they, they, they become stout. And, uh, and, and taking, the football, taking the football away, I, I, I understand. I just feel like this game, this game is, is, uh, it's for Oklahoma. I, 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 no reason to go there other than just gut feeling, but I like Oklahoma State you know, in this game. Cowboys, yeah. You might know something. I'm telling you, it's going to be electric. I mean, the fans will be into this ballgame. And, and I'm kind of rooting for Texas. I, t- college football is better when Texas is competing for titles. I think it's Texas. good. <laughs> well, you've been on Texas all year because you yeah. But they haven't been dynamic. It's more the team mentality. Yeah. That's a testament, honestly, to what Herman's doing there. Because, again, not elite talent, and they're finding their identity. But he'll get that elite talent. That, that sounds Eventually. so crazy when you talk about Texas. You, not Texas having elite talent. Not, right. That yeah. is so crazy. Yep. Unbelievable. And yet, yet you see, uh, you see uh, four and five star kids going to Houston and, oh, yeah. and A&M and stuff like that. But boy, it's, it's incredible because when you played Marshall, I mean, the TV contracts with Notre Dame having the elite contract, every kid wanted to be on TV. So you wanted to make sure you went to a school that you could be televised. It didn't matter if it was away from home. You wanted the exposure. Now we're seeing almost every game televised, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on YouTube, streaming on on Sling TV. So kids are going to smaller programs closer to home to be closer to their family so that they could still get the exposure and they're not missing out in terms of going to a Power 5 conference. We're having all the different platforms, being able to watch games on, 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 on different uh, different platforms and and and, and channels. Um, you know, uh, conferences now having their own channels. It, you don't you don't ha- you're not forced to go to a school just because it's going to be on TV. Um, scouts are going everywhere to find talent now. I mean, the, the the deeper you dig to find talent, the better scout you are. GMs they they don't care where you play ball. Um, it, it it doesn't matter anymore if you can play. They're going to. They are going to draft you, and they're going to take that talent and 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 covet it. Um, I remember coming out. If if you didn't play at a at a at a power school, um, they would question if you could play, and you had to prove if you could play. Now, now it's accepted. It's fine. You come on. We're going to take you. That's a talent right there. So uh, kids are understanding that. I know you played with that type of mentality when you got to the league, like because people questioned whether you were an elite player playing in the WAC back in the day. Even though you put up dynamic numbers, you carried that on the next level. And talk about a little about that type of mindset. You know what? I'm going to say this. Regardless of where you play, when you go to the NFL, there's questions. And if if you play in a conference that's not a big conference, it's not whether you question it, you hear it so much. And And I always felt like, you know, Football is the, is the great equalizer. It doesn't really matter where you play. Um, and, and I always, I always felt like the better the school, if you play with, 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 with better players and you were playing against teams who maybe had one or two good players, you couldn't really decide the team with a lot of good players who was really the good player. So sometimes guy would get, guys would get in the NFL after having a great college career and couldn't play a lick. But I'm going to tell you, when you play at a small school and you say, oh, that guy can play, usually when he make it, it's like he can play. Because you play against a lot of teams and you don't have a lot of guys around you. And, and, and you're out there playing kind of the way you play in the NFL because all things, the playing field is level when you get to the NFL. There's no four-star, five-star. It's everybody's a star. Yeah, and one story. It makes me wonder about Alabama players sometimes yeah. have struggled at the NFL some level. Some of those guys have yeah. struggled. Quarterbacks haven't really made it. I but wonder they, if. Think about it. You, you line up. You, it's four or five star at every position. Yeah. I mean, how, how can everybody um, be the best? Like, if I was a running back playing for Alabama, I got the best offensive line in college football just about every year. Now, you go to the NFL, you're not going to have the best offensive line. You you just not and now um, it's faster, the holes close faster. You got to make decisions faster. You're thinking to yourself, these guys aren't as good as my mm. college offensive mm. line, yeah. and, and it's hard. It's hard. I, Trent Richardson struggled with that. I mean, he ran through some lanes 
And you look at the guys, how many first-round picks that went off of that offensive line when he and Mark Ingram was there. And, and Mark Ingram, he's adjusted. Yeah. Uh, but, but Trent wasn't able to, and it's, it, it's a thing. And yeah. Bo, Bo Scarborough, me, too. It is a thing. I mean, Bo Scarborough reminds yes. me of Trent Richardson, just big but rigid. And yeah. not fluid. Now, you see Derrick Henry, same type of running back yep. in terms of size and stature. But again, he's nimble. He, he's shifty. He has good vision. He gets to running lanes and he hits it to the outside. That's why he's still in the league and having great success with Tennessee. So it's incredible to see. One running back that I'm high on that probably half the nation still hasn't heard of is Benny Snell. Uh, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Now, here's a guy that's on the road today against Missouri and Drew Locke. It's a contrast in styles. We spoke about it. The physicality of Kentucky will be tested in this ballgame because if Missouri does jump up early with Drew Locke, they're going to get away from their game plan with Terry Wilson. And that's why I favor Missouri here. Not one of my best matchups, but again, uh, if Snell can pound the rock between the tackles, Kentucky's a live dog here. Joe, I look at the Missouri offense. You know, I've been a little bit down on Drew Locke. You look at the numbers, what he's done against uh, Power 5 opponents versus uh, non-Power 5 or FCS opponents. Stark difference in his numbers. You'd expect it with any quarterback, but his are just so dramatically different. Look at the Missouri offense when they play talented defenses through the years. Alabama, Georgia, Texas in the bowl game last year. Missouri's offense does not play well at all. Nowhere near their traditional numbers when they're facing a quality defense. Now they're going up against Kentucky. Coach Stoops has done a great job with that defense. Mike Edwards in the secondary. Josh Allen up front. Josh Allen rising up draft boards, by the way. Yeah. His ability to come off the edge and, and make plays uh, for minus yards has been spectacular this year. I think that defense is going to cause problems for Missouri. And then it's going to come down to Benny Snell. Benny Snell is just a grinder. I don't know if he's a high draft choice. Really? I, I don't know if he's a high draft choice. It, it, and I'm going to say this. Uh, it, 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 you don't have to be. If, you, if you're not, then, then and so be it. But um, I, I liken him to Kareem Hunt when you think about it. Uh, even in size, 5'11", about 223 pounds, low center of gravity. Um, I, I just watch it. And you look at a lot of different things when you watch your back. But for me, it's what you're averaging. Uh, you open up against Central Michigan, you're averaging 6.3. You then you go to you're at Florida. You average six point five, mm. and then you just keep going. Now next game five point zero Mississippi State big game six point six. When you, you you are helping your teams stay ahead of the chains, and 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 that's what you want as a running back. I know you want to look at the hundred yards or the two hundred yards. You can hit home runs and make it look uh, kind of skewed, but the average. That average, when you get up, when you're in college and it's above five, and you're you're hitting six on a, on a weekly. That, that's for real. That's for real. And I, and I like what I see from Benny Snell. Yeah, and, and talking about Drew Locke, we brought it up on the show and I get Marshall's take about it as well. I think he's still a system guy. I know you're not high on him. When we break down some of the quarterbacks, Rich, inconsistent, especially in big games against better defenses. Yes, he can probably, you know, make every throw when he has a clean pocket. But as we know, especially at the Some next level. Some poor decision-making. Poor de- in big uh, games. Tries to fit it into windows that are too small, which, which result in turnovers. Uh, that system has benefited him. Uh, Barry Odom and then prior to Barry Odom, that system has been very beneficial to Missouri. Uh, has had some quality receivers as well, which has really helped. I, I think when he gets to the NFL, might test well, but when he gets to the NFL, I don't think he's going to be the first rounder. Again, I, I go back to the Ryan Finleys at NC State, yep. Justin Herbert at Oregon, Will Greer at West Virginia. I, I, I think Drew Locke, listen, might have a great NFL career, certainly right. will be drafted. Top guy in the draft, like someone's talking about. Uh, no, I, I think that's overstated. I'm going to give Drew Locke this. As all quarterbacks, it always depends on where you go, the system that you that that. That you uh, that you play in, and the type of head coach. If he goes to a defensive head coach, right. he might struggle because right. because he wants to he wants to gamble, he wants to take the risk, he wants to make that difficult throw. And and defensive head coaches usually don't want you to do that. You go to a guy who played. Let's say you go to Philly and you're you're with Doug Peterson. You're going to get taught. You go to you go with Andy Reid. You are going to get taught how to come up in this league and play. Um, you, you, you go to New England with Josh McDaniel. They're going to teach you how to play the position, you know, from the head down, not from the shoulder up, which is what you need to do in this business. When you look at 
the type of offense that he came from, a five-wide type of system. He had a former coordinator in Josh Heupel that is now the head coach at UCF. He does have former Tennessee and now NFL assistant head coach uh, Derek Dooley as the offensive coordinator there and upped his completion percentage. But over a career, Marshall, in that system, five-wide, quick throws, he's still under 60% completion percentage. How big of a factor is that? Because I think it's huge. When you can't complete 60% or more where you're getting the football out in three seconds flat, at the next level, you're going to struggle. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Um, uh, you always look at completion percentage. And uh, for a guy who throws the ball down the football field, his numbers fit that, but he's not doing that. Right. He's not taking those chunk plays. And, and really, you, you got to look at it. How many of those balls are drops? Mm. How many of those, are, are they catchable balls? Right. Um, and, and sometimes those screens, those slip screens, you're being pressured. You got to get the ball over a guy. You got to fit it in. You got Lima running out, guy running at you. Just so many different different ways of, of, of how you can be effective. But for whatever reason, um, we're going to get to see if he's a system guy or if he's a talent guy. And, 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 and we'll find out. But, but let's say this. Now in the NFL, system guys are okay. Mm. You can survive as a system guy. In this NFL, we have a lot of system guys that are starting. And I'm going to tell you one team, the Jacksonville Jaguars would love to have a system guy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. What? You know, Jack, and not to go off the thing, they should have went for Teddy Bridgewater. He's a Jacksonville kid. Why didn't they throw their hat in for Teddy Bridgewater when the Jets were lobbying for him? I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but Teddy Bridgewater is a Miami Jacksonville type of kid. He's from the state. Get him. You could have helped your program. We'll see how that game plays out in London, 930 tomorrow. When we come back, we'll be breaking down South Carolina and Tennessee. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, live from Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We're big pimping here. Week number nine, college football today. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk breaking down all the top 25 battles. Big battle for Notre Dame to remain unbeaten. They face a Navy team that will be up and ready for this ball game. They've struggled with Navy over the last couple of years. Now laying 25 points to the midshipmen. Still not the same Navy defense and team overall, Rich, but I still like the midshipmen plus the 25 here to push Notre Dame to the limit in the end. ND with a 10-point win. Historically, not a bad pick. Uh, five of the last six decided by 10 points or less. I could see your logic in it. The only reason why I go with Notre Dame is... Um, Game is in San Diego, neutral site, right? Um, Notre Dame just has so much more offensive punch, well-rested. I watched that Navy defense last week against Houston. Man, they wore down. They just could not stop Houston and Derrick King. I, I think I, I expect to see a continuation of that. Could be something like a 49-21 to 21 type of an Yeah, anyway. a lot of Navy bases out in, in San Diego. People don't recognize that, right, Marshall? Yeah, this, this, a this, will, be a, this will be a home game for Navy. Um, uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, will, they'll feel like they're on the road. But just, just too much talent for Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame to put up maybe right around 35 points. I think... Um, I think uh, Navy will probably in, in the 20, 22, 23, they'll cover. And uh, you got to remember, they're, they're going to possess the ball, especially after after what we saw last week. Defense wore down. They're going to play 
they're going to play that old school. We're going to get first downs. We're going to grind it out. We're going to keep the ball away from you and see if they can force Notre Dame to be impatient and try to take early strikes instead of take what Navy gives you. Yeah, another game later tonight uh, is South Carolina and Tennessee, Rich. I mean, this is a game South Carolina needs to win. They're coming out of a bye week, sitting at 3-3 three and three overall. Tennessee did get beat up by uh, Alabama last week in that home loss to Nick Saban and the crew. They now go on the road. This is a team in Tennessee that has won three of the last five over the Gamecocks by 2.4 points per game. But South Carolina did pick up this win last year in Knoxville, 15-9. to I think Tennessee's a live dog here. I think they're playing much better under Jeremy Pruitt. And I'm not sold on the South Carolina defense as a whole. Plus, they're negative five in turnover margin. I'm all in with Tennessee to to strike the upset 24-20 over the Gamecocks. It would be the first time that Will Muschamp has ever lost to Tennessee. <laughs> 6-0 and all time against Tennessee mm-hmm. going back to his days uh, in Gainesville in the Swamp. Uh, I like South Carolina. Tennessee is heading in the right direction. Jeremy Pruitt's doing a good job, specifically defensively. Um, but I think this is where they, they struggle. Uh, off of the physical loss to Alabama last week, uh, Jake Bentley getting healthier and healthier. Uh, won't be a, a disaster, won't be a blowout, but I, I could see South Carolina by double digits. Oh, Joey, double digits. He makes fun of me, Marshall, because I picked. Tell him in college it's a lot different. Tell him. <laughs> tell him. Please tell you him that. You tell games, me. I'm right here. Games, games are not as close, especially once a team gets up. They look to really mark the score in terms of winning by double digits each and every Saturday. Yeah, you tend to work on things in college that you don't do in the pros. And in the pros, once you get up, you, okay, we're going to take time off. In college, you continue. You want your team. You, you don't really have preseason. So you you want to continue to get better and you work on things. Um, When I look at, uh, I, I, I like South Carolina. Not only do I like them to win, I like them to cover. Um, this is, uh, I, I know we feel like Tennessee, they're coming. It's getting right. better. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it's coming fast enough in order to cover. Uh, so I'm going with, I like, I like South Carolina in this game. Yeah, Jake Bentley playing well, and no Trey Smith. How does that factor into Tennessee's On the offense? offensive yeah. line? Yeah, I mean they, they've had offensive line yeah. issues forever since uh, Butch Jones. Now offensive line health issues. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in terms of conditioning, but Jeremy Pruitt, I think, will wind up being the right coach, Joe. But to Marshall's point, I think it's just not happening fast enough. Uh, I this is a program that would really benefit from a bowl game. Just don't know if they're going to get. Six yeah, we'll see. Up. We'll see. I mean, they they do have four wins already, but a critical matchup schedule gets a lot difficult as the season progresses as well in the month of November. So we'll see how that game plays out. Another intriguing battle is USC and uh, Arizona State. Jake Sears, the third stringer, will get the start. JT Daniels in concussion protocol. Fink is out after that loss to Utah. USC, you're dead to me. Like, <laughs> like, a, like I'm prone to say. Yes, like Shark Tank. You're dead to me. After that loss on the road, they jumped up 14 to nothing yeah. to Utah. Joe was dancing around. I was. was How'd you know? I was driving home from the restaurant here. I'm going, I'm up 14 nothing. I'm looking good. This is easy. First of all, it's like Ralph Cramden. Get the bag. Get the bag. It was horrible. Where's my fortune? It's a USC defense. They can't tackle. They can't wrap up. They don't care. Clay Helton looks lost. Arizona State, to me, they have Harry at the wide receiver position, Benjamin at the running back position, Manny Wilkins. I think his athleticism on the perimeter is the difference. And Herm is into the program. Uh, granted, he lost that game against Stanford, didn't coach that game very well, but I think Arizona State does get a victory here. Yeah, I asked Jamie his opinion on quarterbacks that are down because I'm curious myself. <laughs> I, I, I try to, to stay away from games. hard for me to really make a, a definitive Answer because I don't know Jack Sears. I, I don't know what he's going to do. This is a big spot for him, big moment. Terrific college, uh, high school quarterback, as all the USC QBs are. I don't know what they're going to do. One of the more interesting quirks statistically this year, Arizona State, four losses, every loss by exactly seven points. This line is around six and a half, seven. Basically, I can't figure it out. All I know is Clay Helton always wins in the Coliseum. So I'll, uh, You're taking them? I'll hold my nose and take USC. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like this is going to be an extremely close game. I'm actually I'm, I'm a roll with Herm and Arizona State. Uh, it, it, it's odd. If, if this USC team was on a road starting this young quarterback, I'd actually feel more comfortable than him being at home because a lot expected, a lot is expected of, of USC, definitely USC quarterbacks. I mean, that, 
There's going to be a lot of startles on the sideline. A lot is going to be going to be expected of him. But but I believe that Arizona not only you know I I, I think they're going to win this game and I I, I like them covering and, uh, and 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 getting to win. Wow, we'll see how that game plays How's out. Big for Herm. Yeah, it, it's Herm, and that and that's a question I wanted to ask Herm, you. That you have to win a game against a third string quarterback. Yeah. that's a freshman. <laughs> and a team that's reeling on the offensive yes. line and defensively. No Get question. the ball to Harry on the outside. Can you just stretch USC's defense vertically? Joe, Joe, they should have did it against Stanford. They, they didn't do it. They have a pretty good running back, too, by the name I, of Eno Benjamin. I just said it. I know. Yeah. Benjamin can catch a football out of the backfield. Yeah. So if they utilize him in the short intermediate passing game, I think they have an opportunity to score some points on USC. We'll see how that game plays out. 3.30 kick in the Coliseum, not a night game. So keep an eye out for that. Ryan Finley on the crew uh, and the crew on the road in the Carrier Dome to face Syracuse. DeVito's possibly going to get the start. I heard Dungy might not play in this ballgame in terms of mm. starting for the Orange because of what transpired last week in the win over North Carolina. That would be huge. Yeah, DeVito's from Don Bosco. I like Syracuse. Uh, I think they step up in this ballgame. I think they're the more complete team. I think they get the victory here. Who are you on? Syracuse. I am too. Uh, Adino at home. Got you down for NC State. NC State? I, yeah. I just made, you, I, you I may have called an audible. <laughs> he just audibled mid show. <laughs> he okay. audibled. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll go lone wolf on this one here. I, I, like, yeah, I, I, like, I like Syracuse it. in the carrier dome. I mean, Dino's done a great job at home. I 4 0 this year, so I'm going to audible and say Syracuse. He's audible. I think okay. they're playing well. You're, you're, you're allowed to, but I, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm I'm go with NC State on this one here. I I feel like they'll they'll cover and um and uh, and 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 play competitively. I mean, when you look at it, NC State uh, they're five and zero all time against Syracuse. Right. It it just keeps going. It's going to roll. Yeah, we talked about coaches and Herm. We saw the transition for Herm. We thought would be prior to the season. Even though he was in the game of football, he was away from the game of coaching for a long time, especially at the collegiate level. Your former teammate, Jim Harbaugh, uh, former quarterback with the Colts, went to Stanford, went to San Diego, then went to Stanford, went to San Francisco, back now at Michigan. Having rejuvenated success this year with a lot of pressure, how important is it for him to win out this year? And more importantly, College coaches or, or NFL coaches making the transition to the game like Herm Edwards. Uh, well, well, let's talk about Herm first. Herm is um, uh, he's a he's a leader of men, and 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 that's what he does. He uh, he galvanizes people. You, you you heard him on ESPN. He, t- he will tell you the truth, tell it like it is. He doesn't know any other way, and and I believe his what he is doing over there is when your when your son your boy. Go to Arizona State, he's going to come home a respectable young man and, and understand how to play the game. Guys that come from that program, when they go to the league, you're going to know that they've been coached by Herm. They've been prepared for the next level. And that, that's what he's doing. And he's probably the most important thing. He's allowing his coaches to coach so they can grow. And 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 that's what you want. That's what you he's 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 hands-on, but he's not. he doesn't have a strong hold to where his coaches can't breathe. Um, I like that program and, and, and where they're coming. They're up and coming. They're going to give him some time. Now, Jim Harbaugh, man, that guy um, demands a lot of his team. And, 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 and the game of college football is great for him because it's pressure all the time. You think he has pressure on him, the pressure that he applies on his team. He's not afraid to pull a quarterback and play under the guy. Jim wants to win, and that's what it's all about. And he's going to make sure that your men – become boys in a different aspect. That hand won't be around you. That hand will be pointing at you, letting you know, hey, I need you to do your job better. And 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 that's what he brings to the table. He wants to do nothing but win. And yes, it, the expectations are high for him, but they couldn't have a better guy sitting in that seat um, helping them try to win games right now. Yeah, and I love the way they're playing defensively. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. lights out under Don Brown, so we'll see how the season plays out for Jim Harbaugh. A game that's sneaking up on me, and I'm just going to throw out, I'm going to be like Gabe now, uh, best bet that I like, I like Arizona over Justin Herbert in Oregon later tonight. Uh, again, back-to-back road games for yeah. Oregon. It's a game now we've seen Herbert and the team struggle in the first half against Washington State. Now, nothing really to play for at this point. In Arizona, I know they have issues offensively, but a lot of 
Upsets happen in Tempe. Give me mm. the nine and a half. Give me the ten. I like the Wildcats in this uh, matchup. A, a lot of upsets have happened yeah. over the years in in, uh, in Arizona. USC a few years back suffered uh, in Tucson. I, I I like your thinking because I don't know where Oregon's head is right now. Emotional game against Washington. Emotional against Washington State. The loss on the road last week. The talent tells me this is a substantial victory for Oregon, but. I don't know if their heart is really going to be in this trip. Rhett Rodriguez now is going to be back under center for another game. He has the experience of four quarters, which he didn't have last weekend. The defense of Arizona, that's my big concern. They just don't have any defensive stoppers. When I think back of Arizona football historically, defensively, not many players come to mind. I think of a Teddy Bruschi. I think of a Scooby Wright. But not many others. Chuck Cecil, baby. Chuck Cecil Cecil was my all-time favorite defense. I just put that on a tee for you. I didn't even know I was doing it. Wasn't wasn't afraid to get the 15-yarder, Marshall. Uh, Back in the day, I know you got a lot of them. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Uh, It it was funny because for a while, he was on Jeff Fisher's coaching staff, and he he was with the Rams, and... Uh, man, his ability to coach safeties and tell those guys what to do and, and, and just 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 um, the wealth of knowledge that he would share with those guys. And uh, uh, so glad I didn't get to play against Chuck much. <laughs> like one year. I think we were in the league one year together. Oh, man, that, that was back in the days when, um, when you could actually hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and get away with it. Marshall, I want to shift gears a little bit. A topic that Joe and I, Gabe, Joe and I have talked about a lot over the past couple of years, and we'll be talking about in November and December. Guys, high-profile guys not finishing their seasons. Nick Bosa is a little bit of a unique situation because he's not healthy, so maybe he gets a pass, although I think he could have been back by December. But how about the bowl games? How do you feel about kids, Christian McCaffrey, maybe Jadavion, Maybe Leonard Fournette sitting out bowl games. And, and, and I want to make sure I say this with, so people understand. Um, uh, I, I get it. I, I get why guys do it because football is a business. There's a business part of it. And if you play the game um, and you understand that it's a business and that's what you want to do, you do it. I, I, I could not have done that. Um, it, it, for me, I love the game of football and I love playing with my guys. And – I'm no more important than any other guy on the team. I understand my 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 worth as far as um, getting drafted and having an opportunity. Um, uh, who's the kid? Um, uh, was it Jalen Smith? I, you know that that that's always an issue. That can happen. I I, I get it, and, and and I don't knock them for sitting out. I just say me personally, I love the game too much. It it, it was hard for me to sit out of preseason games. I was the guy when we were leading. I didn't want to come out of the game uh, when we were up. And when we were down, getting our butts kicked, I didn't want to come out of the game then. Uh, I, I wanted to play every snap, and that's just me. I'm different. I wanted to play as much as I could. And um, these guys are, you know, they get their advice, they make their decisions, and it's a business. And uh, I believe that their teammates understand, and, and, and I also think that um, the evaluators on the next level, they understand as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, but man, that opportunity to play with my teammates, uh, it's and it's pure in college. It's pure. You yeah. go out there, you play, you play hard, you know, and it's 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 one for all, all for one. Here's where I guess I disagree from you. I Nick Bose is a different type of situation because he's hurt. He was supposed to come back week uh, 11, week 12 later in the season. If his team was fighting for a national championship, if his team was fighting for a college football playoff, even though they lost to Purdue, you buy into the team mentality. You know, right. I right. have a problem with guys that maybe aren't projected round number six, round number seven. Yeah, but why, though? Why would that change? Their, their situation is no different, in my opinion. I mean, that, that sixth-round draft choice could still be life-altering for but that young man. policies for that, though. That's well, why you do- but, but again, like, I, I, don't, I don't, to me, the opinion doesn't change. I mean, maybe it's more rational for the first-rounder to say, I'm protecting, 
you know, eight digits versus the six rounder who may not make a team. But to me, that's a very personal decision. And the problem that I have is I, I go back to the bowl games. I think we have watered down the system. What used to be a yeah. legitimate reward yep. back in your day, early yep. 90s and further back, where it was like, wow, we got to a bowl game. This is a big achievement. Now with 40 bowl games, 80 teams, sometimes teams below 500, I think the NCAA has watered down that product where too many kids are looking at the situation and saying, this means not that much. Totally respect your take on your uh, desire to be out there. But I think I think we're ruining the game by having so many meaningless bowl games. Here, here, here's the thing, and, I, and, I, and I, I heard what you said. I don't understand that if you're playing for a national championship or you're just playing in a bowl game, what's the difference? It's a football game. Right. If you're going to play, play. If you're not going to play, don't play. And if I was a coach and I had a top pick, I'd, I'd have a prospect, I'd ask him, so are you playing in the bowl game or not? Tell me now, week one of the season, so I start planning. Because I'm going to start sharing those carries now to make sure I have a guy ready to go. Great point. When we come back, we'll be breaking down the 8 o'clock games. Keep it where it is. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? About a half an hour left in the show, we were just talking about whether to pay players or not, or more importantly, talk about ball games. Pay to players. Yeah, I got a quick programming note before we uh, discuss our best bets for week number nine. Up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is Weekend Fantasy Update with uh, our good buddy Joe Galena and Jim Day from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, followed by In This League with Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman from 4 to 7 on the East Coast. As a reminder... We also have a 9.30 a.m. Eastern NFL London game tomorrow with the Eagles taking on the Jags. Fantasy Sports Today Game Day will be with you at 8 a.m. with Game Day Inactives right off the top of the show. At 10 a.m., we're here with Lineup Lock Live, taking you all the way to the 1 o'clock kickoffs with Mike Blewett, Corey Parson, and Marshall Falk getting... You set for your fantasy football and NFL wagering Sunday, and then stay with us on Fantasy Football Live with Corey Parson. Does Corey get time off? He's on back-to-back <laughs> slots here. That's him in the corner. They got Corey, <laughs> uh, Corey deserves overtime pay, and, and his there. crew throughout he's, all he's the early and late games where you can hang out in our YouTube chat room, bitch and moan about your bad beats, and gloat about your winnings. Wow. I didn't realize it's you a were full doing lineup. The, I didn't realize you were doing the re. Marsh, okay. We were all talking there, and uh, <laughs> we got we got sidetracked there. But Sorry, that's okay. Michigan State up seven three on uh, on Purdue. Okay, quick quick. Uh, right. Purdue's quick got note, an answer. Yeah, quick notes. Oh. So, in terms of we talked about expanding the bowls, I have no problem with it. I love the game of football, but in terms of expanding the playoffs, that's where you get a lot of controversy. Uh, the controversy of should we go from four to five, to six, to eight, to 12, and then we'll have... I'm okay with I'm okay where we're at right now because if I look historically, that fifth-place, sixth-place team probably not going to win a national championship. I, I think we're okay with four. The one thing I would like to see, I'd like to see a UCF, if they rise to a certain level, I'm not talking about a garden-variety group of five team that's 10 and that? two, maybe, maybe based on rankings. Maybe, maybe based on rankings, if they can reach a certain level. I'd like to see them have... A, a little more opportunity to, to, to participate but, in the playoffs. But you're not. But, but you're not because they can be undefeated and, and, a, and an Alabama team can lose two games and because of strength of schedule yep. or whatever, they can end up getting, getting, a, getting a spot before, before them. So, I mean, it's just uh, – we I, I don't know what the, what the goal was with the playoffs in the beginning. I, I, I don't even know why there's a need for, oh, let's have the, the, the number one – 
hey, if, if, if you play in a conference and you win your conference, why can't that just be enough? Mm. Why, 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 why do we have to pit people against one another? Let's just, hey, if you play in this conference and you're your conference champ, fine. And your second place team, fine. You can go play in bowl games. And now we get the bowl games not saturated. You know, we, 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 we get rid of the Blockbuster City Bowl and the, and the Alligator Bowl. And, you know, we, we, we have so many bowls. It's like... Sometimes I don't even know when the game's coming on. Well, and, and I think it's reflected in the TV ratings, which oftentimes are poor. And certainly you look at the attendance. Yeah. I, I think it's bad for the sport when you look at a game. And I, I obviously love the sport. We've been in the industry yeah. for a lot of years. I enjoy watching the games. But realistically, are you expanding the audience on a Tuesday night when you have a couple of six and six teams in front of oftentimes 8,000 fans? It looks bad. Optically, yeah. it looks bad. So I, I would like to see a bowl schedule of about 20, 25 games where it truly is a reward to reach that point. Yeah, in, in a one-game scenario, we've seen Houston knock off Florida State in the Peach Bowl a couple of years ago. We've seen Boise State knock off Oklahoma, but it's the body of work where if they had to play that type of Power 5 schedule, right. would they be able to hold up each and every Saturday with the wear and tear? And that's been the argument about why certain Power 5 teams get in over others. I, can, I, I say if you're UCF and, and now you're undefeated this year, you deserve an opportunity. But if you're staring at Michigan or Texas. Who are you going to knock out? Who are you going to knock yeah. out? No, that, I know. Or Georgia team wait, that wait, went to the Which is why the discussion starts to become, for a lot of people, I'm not suggesting I'm one of them, let's go to eight. Because then if you go to eight, then you have all five conference champions. You have two at-large bids, and you take the group of five if, if they rise but to a certain if, level. But what if your conference champion isn't better than a second or third place team in the SEC? And obviously, we know that schedule yeah. in the right. SEC is it's a daunting one. If you lose two games, it's like, wow, boy, I only lost two games in the SEC. That's I mean, it, it, it's just it, there's so many things. I know we're trying to level the playing field, but it's not level. Yeah. It's just no, it's not. not. It's just not. It's not level. Yeah, it, it, we'll see. It's it's gonna. The more that teams become undefeated, teams like UCF, if they go undefeated again, you know the cry will be there. I'll bring up another point too. Um, the more you see the Big Twelves, or and I'm not saying they belong in it mm-hmm. necessarily, but the Big Twelves, the Pac Twelves, not getting into the playoff. The more you see that, the more the conference commissioners. You know, if if a uh, commissioner Delaney of the Big Ten, if the Big Ten was somehow left out this year, I think they're going to be screaming bloody murder if their teams are not in the playoff. And that's where you could see more of an outcry to to expand the number of teams. Yeah, should be interesting. I mean, we'll see how that plays out as the season progresses. Again, uh, UCF uh, does have a, a tough schedule the rest of the way. Still have to face Houston and still have to face South Florida. So. Uh, Temple next week will be yeah, an interesting Temple, game. Temple, yeah. Temple will beat them up interior, so we'll see how that game plays out. Uh, we spoke about Oregon and Arizona a little bit later. Justin Herbert, uh, solid quarterback, stepped up over the last couple of weeks. Didn't get it done last week. I think he's different than Drew Locke. Again, I still think there's a little bit of a system type of quarterback in him. You feel he's the number one pick overall? No, I wouldn't go that route. I mean, right. if I'm an NFL GM, I want someone who I can uh, slot in and believe that he's going to be a pro bowler early in his career. And, and those players this year are on the defensive line. Uh, I, I, number one overall, regardless of my need at this point, I don't think Justin Herbert is necessarily a number one overall player. I'm looking at a Nick Bosa. I'm looking at an Ed Oliver. I'm looking at one of the Clemson defensive linemen. Those are number one overall picks. I don't think Justin Herbert might be the number one overall quarterback, not a number one overall pick. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we're in a town in New York that Eli Manning is struggling, (laughs) and we've heard the cries now for Justin Herbert, and I'm like, you know, you had a better quarterback class last year, and you chose to go with Saquon Barkley, who is a dynamic running back. But when I look at this quarterbacks in terms of 2019, if you're Justin Herbert – uh, Marshall, do you come out, and more importantly, do you, do you think he's a great fit for an, for an NFL team? Um, he's a great fit for a team who has a system and the right coaching for him. Uh, it, it just look at the young guys that are having success. Doug Peterson, he goes to Philly, he gets Carson Wentz, marriage made in heaven. Um, when you when you when you talk about the Rams, they didn't know what. They had in Jared Goff. He couldn't even break the starting lineup. He wasn't even dressing. He wasn't even a backup 
<laughs> you know, before they got Sean McVay. And now you put Sean McVay with Jerry Goff, and here's what you have. Over there, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You have to put the right coaches with the with these young guys, or they are going to struggle. I even talked Jeremy Bates here um, with, with, um, with, with, with Donald. I, he's doing a darn good job with this kid. And, and if you don't have that, if you don't have somebody who understands what's going on in their head, and, and, and even if they give you a different answer, you know the complexities of playing a position and, and intricacies of what you go through at certain stages to try to help them, then drafting the quarterback early, is, is, is you're, you're automatically drafting the bus. You're automatically drafting the guy that, that's going to struggle. And, and, and let me just say this for Eli. As I say, for most quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, you give them a new offensive coordinator, Watch him struggle. There, he he's out there with a new language, trying to teach other people a new language when he doesn't know the language that well himself. Yeah, and and just 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 give it some time. It doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look great right now. But quarterbacks struggle. If you think about it, Brett Favre, as great as he was, when he went to the Jets and they tried to teach him a new system, he was a fish out of water. Peyton Manning. He went to Denver. When they wouldn't let Peyton run his own stuff, he struggled. It's it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to blow through my best bets. we got about nine minutes left in the show. Florida State's already underway. Arkansas, Northwestern are already underway. 3.30 kicks for me. I like Iowa in the upset over Penn State. Tennessee later tonight catching eight and a half, nine. Texas to lay the wood on Oklahoma State later. An upset special. Really like this pick more and more as the night progresses. SMU plus the nine and a half, 10 points over Cincinnati. It's back to back road games for the Bearcats coming off an emotional loss that Rich and I both picked Temple last week <laughs> in that matchup. Yeah, uh, Joe and I uh, largely agree, which um, I have Very. confirmed is one of the signs of the apocalypse. Um, yeah, well, my best well, bet. the Temple game proved that last. Week. Yeah, right. exactly. How did we pull that one? We out? did uh, lucky. Oh my, very goodness. lucky. Yeah, in that, that was that was ass backwards. Um, yeah, twelve o'clock games. I have four of them. Florida State has already kicked off against Clemson. I like Northwestern as well to hang with and eventually defeat Wisconsin. Uh, I've got Iowa State over uh, Texas Tech trailing at this point, and North Carolina getting 9.5. Those are my four 12 o'clocks. I have three additional games on the rest of the schedule. I agree with Joe on Iowa. I think Iowa's a better football team than Penn State. Penn State has already lost twice this year. I'll give them a pass on Ohio State, but you can't lose to this Michigan State team at home and have my uh, confidence. So I'm going to go with uh, Iowa uh, in the Moneyline victory. Texas A&M, love over Mississippi State. They're a more complete football team right now. Mississippi State, I think, has packed it in. One-dimensional on offense. Texas A&M more balanced and stops the run, the one thing that Mississippi State tends to do well. And I'm with Joe again. Texas, uh, Texas can sense where this season is headed. They're confident. They're playing well. There's a lot of chemistry there. Oklahoma State, the wheels have come off that wagon, so I like the Longhorns. Yeah, we'll see. Marshall, what are you looking at a little bit later? Um, well, a little bit later. Well, obviously, I took Florida State, Northwestern. I, I, I like Oklahoma. Um, I, I think Washington State. I, I, I like where they're at. I, I feel like that's a game. I'm taking them. Uh, they, they should cover. And uh, I, I also, I want to sneak Purdue in there. I I, I, I I just like what where they're going in the direction that they're in. I feel like that they um, that that that's one of those games that that they can pull off. Yeah, we'll see. Clemson just passing touchdown for Trevor Lawrence, up seven nothing with about thirteen nineteen left in the second quarter. That's not too over, bad. I mean, listen, Florida at least State. they're not they're not teeing off offensively. No, but you're not getting any. They are not getting on mid, any offense. Yeah, yeah. haven't crossed mid, midfield. Yeah, uh, gotcha. Pretty soon, DeAndre Francois. Could be, uh, Let me tell you something. Can I jump in? If I'm <laughs> DeAndre the Francois, fear of uh, the Seminoles, uh, I would be the field. rare Power Five starting quarterback who would transfer. I really would. If you cannot put an offensive line around me, and I'm DeAndre Francois, who is a very talented young man, I, w- I would leave that program. Where are you going to go? Why go to the FCS? Why he's a he's a he was an IMG recruit. He was so? a top five guy. 
He's gonna be he's gonna be uh, paraplegic pretty soon no, if he keeps not. getting he's hit. Leading sixty two percent of his passes. Wait for this drive. He's gonna he's gonna uh, hit Murray on a fly pattern. We're gonna be tied seven apiece. Marshall, do you agree with that? Like uh, especially from the quarterback situation where uh, a quarterback getting banged up each and every week because of the inconsistency of the offensive line. You think a player like that? To protect his career, should move to a different program. I mean, I think he should move. I think they should move the pocket. They should change the <laughs> launch point. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, go with Rich and move him. Move to a, a different school. Um, I. I just. It's. It's. It's challenging in, in college when when you when you can't protect the quarterback. Then it's up for a coach to then get the ball out of his hands faster. Um, there, there's so many ways that you can help out a quarterback and avoid avoid him taking hits, but. Um, if if your offensive coordinator is not savvy enough to draw up some things, um, you know we we're watching the whole spread system was was invented for teams who didn't have good talent to play against teams who do have talent by spreading them out and creating matchups and throwing the ball in space and and, and getting chunk plays. That's what it's all about. When you can't block the big guys up front, you get the ball out of your quarterback hands. That's what you do now. If you let your pride get in the way and you say, we're going to play this way, you get your quarterback hurt. On the flip side of that, too, we see a program like Georgia Tech that utilizes the triple option. I mean, from a Power Five conference in the ACC, do you think that type of style can possibly win a national championship? Man, that's a tough one. Um, you got to play really good defense, and, and that's it. Because when you run the ball like that, um, there's just going to be times that you're not you, – you can't – you're never going to be, you can't play from behind that way. That, yeah. That's it. Those, those schools, when you're, when you're running an option in that capacity, you have no chance at playing from behind. You have to control the clock. You got to possess the ball. You got to play good defense. Interesting. I don't know about a national championship, and then this is off the radar, but how about Georgia Southern? You mentioned yeah. Georgia Tech. Georgia Southern runs a triple option. Chad Lunsford in his first season, 7-1. and one. And they got a big victory over, over App State. Appalachian I mean, State, number 25. Yeah. I mean, again, I know, uh, you know fans aren't going to spend night. a ton of time right. talking about Georgia Southern, but out in the Sun Belt, 7-1. and one. Shea Wirtz is their quarterback running the triple option. He threw uh, one pass, 0 for 1 the other night, and they beat Appalachian State. Army, Army had great success. Yeah. Ten, 10 wins last year, and they beat, uh, I mean, a, a fantastic San Diego State team uh, with Rashad Penny in the bowl game. I and mean, that was one of the best bowl games of 2018, and they don't get top five talent. One of, now, the, most, one of the most rush, one of the games with the most rushing yards in right. it ever. Right. I mean, that, that was the, that, I, I couldn't believe, I'm, I'm watching this game. And, and, and let me say this uh, San Diego State, Rocky Long, Good at stopping option. It's it's one of the things that they do. Well, you know, you 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 understand that every once in a while they play Navy, you play Air Force. That's what they do. You're used to seeing it. But uh, they were they were just dynamic. They they made some plays uh, in the run game that surprised me. You know what's interesting too is when we spoke about Rocky Long. I mean, why isn't he mentioned for bigger jobs within Power Five? I know he might not take it, but I mean, when you're you you USC. You have Clay Helton, you have Rocky Long. Um, I mean, he, he, he's different. I mean, the, the defense, actually, uh, a couple of guys off of his staff, Arizona State hired right. to run the same defense. Gonzalez. Yeah, Danny. Um, yeah. I've, I've never seen Rocky Long has, has like a, note, a notepad about that small, just, just one sheet. And, and he calls the, he, in, this, in this era, he watches the personnel and calls the defenses as is. And, and oh. it's a talent. It is. A, it's amazing. And they play man every down. I don't care if you get burnt. Yeah. It, it's man. Like there's, and, and, and when they, when you beat them, they play more man. Uh, it, a lot of schools don't like that. They, they want change. They want things to be exotic. They want you to give you, he is a football coach yep. and a guy who loves his players. I was going to say, he's just a coach's coach. That's it. And, and if you're looking for someone who's going to glad hand boosters, if he's going to be really sharp with the media, you want that media savvy. He's just a football coach. Yeah. I think Marshall summed it up well. And for San Diego State and previously New Mexico, he was a darn good football yeah. coach. He's a coach he's where perfect for us, man. If he's catching points, you want Rocky yes. Long. I yeah. mean, that's the you because you know you're all right from a talent wise. They might not be in uh, elite talent. They're going to give it. Four quarters, whether they're up, whether they're down, it doesn't matter. They're going to fight. He lost his quarterback and his running back this year. Didn't matter. And they're six and one. Yeah, because of the offense and defense alliance. Staggering. That's that's where he coaches up that talent. Yes. 
Yes. He wants big uglies on the interior. Win the line of scrimmage, you win the game right. 90% of the time. Exactly. Run the football, stop the run. USC, you're dead to me. That's it. <laughs> because they do neither this year, and that's why we'll see how that game plays out with Arizona State. Any quick thoughts uh, when we talk about headlines on Monday? Uh